When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. REMAX agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated. Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try-on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better. Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details. Ditch the clowns on the left and the jokers on the right and join Michael Smirkanish right here in the middle. This is the Smirkanish podcast for independent minds. How many times have you heard me say two things in tandem? One, we have ceded the political debate in this country to the loudest voices. Two, you have heard me describe the old way of getting ahead in Washington, the old way of getting elected, biding your time. Some would say be a backbencher, achieve seniority, get a choice committee assignment and get something done versus today, which is sit back, say something incendiary and become a fundraising magnet. Are both of those not a part of my mantra on a day-to-day basis here? A hundred percent. Okay. Well, now because of Axios, I actually have some proof. This is Sarah Fisher. Sarah, thank you so much for being here. I was taken with your piece, America Can't Quit Polarizing Politicians. Explain. Well, thanks for having me. You're totally right. The data that we found shows that the politicians who use the most incendiary language, the ones who are constantly picking fights, Online, the ones that are constantly criticizing their competitors, those are the ones that tend to draw the most engagement on average per article written about them. That data comes from Newswhip, a social media analysis firm that we work with all the time at Axios to measure how the political conversation is moving online. In other words, these are the ones that create buzz. Exactly. Now, if you were to take a look at the politicians that drive the most news articles, it's not going to be these ones. It's going to be the ones who are more mainstream, who are conducting and at the center of policy arguments. So that would be folks like Joe Biden or Nancy Pelosi, Mitch McConnell. But when it comes to how much people are obsessed with articles about certain politicians, how much they engage, that number goes to the hyperpartisan politicians, people like Marjorie Taylor Greene on the right or Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez on the left. Yeah, I want to name all the names. So Ted Cruz, AOC, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Rashida Tlaib, Ron DeSantis, Nancy Pelosi, Donald Trump. Much further down comes Joe Biden. You know what I was fascinated by? Given all the conversation, Sarah, and that which gets written at a site like Axios, about Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema, I was very curious to see where do they fare in all of this. What's the answer? Oh, towards the bottom. We were shocked by that, too, especially because there's been so many headlines about the two of them over the past few months. But what the data shows 
is that the average American isn't really excited about their names. They're not drawing massive engagement. And that's probably because despite the fact that they're at the center of some of these key policy issues of the country, the two of them aren't hyper-inflammatory politicians. They're not out throwing grenades on their Twitter handles. And probably their fundraising suffers as a result. Because if you want to fundraise, I'm sure it's you want to go more the route of Ted Cruz or AOC. That's exactly right. And the reason that is, is in the digital era, politicians make much more money these days from small-dollar donations. And you can attract small-dollar donations with digital marketing, including organic marketing, so just tweets that you send on your account, as well as paid. And the more outlandish you are, the more engagement you can feel from someone online, the more likely it is that you can send them to a link where they can donate online. So it's a huge fundraising opportunity for politicians. So those who are familiar with the Axios presentation style know that the big picture is often offered. What is the big picture on this issue? The big picture is that ahead of the midterms this year, we are finding that there's two big things that are causing people to run for office that are hyperpartisan, more hyperpartisan than usual. And those two factors are, one, redistricting, and two, you have a lot of open seats. And historically, when you have open seats, Michael, you know this better than anyone, it's an invitation for a more hyperpartisan person to come in and try to shake up what's been seated for the past few years. And so this data sort of supports this larger trend that politicians are becoming more hyperpartisan and more polarizing. And ahead of the midterm elections, it's going to be a huge trend to watch. Yeah, I, I agree. Passion sells and a great microcosm of what you're describing is already in my home state of Pennsylvania, where money, big money, is already being spent on the U.S. Senate race. Um, I monitor all the cable outlets in my radio studio, but on Fox, I constantly see the commercials for Dr. Oz, for David McCormick, uh, and for Carla Sands, those three in particular. And, and they are playing the sort of bombastic cards against Joe Biden and to a limited extent against one another already um, because of what you just you know have been talking about. This is sadly the way you get noticed, the way you raise money, the way you build your interaction in social media. You get the final word, Sarah, and thank you so much for the analysis. The best example of this in real time is the race that you just mentioned in Pennsylvania. Dr. Oz, for somebody who has a close relationship with Sean Hannity and Fox News, is actually not out there taking as big of a swing as Republican advisors say he should. In fact, they say that if he was more outlandish and more inflammatory, he'd be ranking much higher up in the polls. It's a case in point that you need to be this hyperpartisan figure to win especially split states ahead of the midterm. Yeah, sadly, that's how you get nominated. And, and if the other side nominates someone like you, then everybody who's in the middle gets screwed yet again. Sarah, excellent job. Thank you so much for that. Thanks for having me. And now you know why. The 42 percent of Americans, a plurality who tell Gallup, I am an I, not an R or a D, are so lacking in representation because all the oxygen has been pulled out of the room by the social media bomb throwers. I've always said it. Now there's actually some data that backs it up. Independents need more of a voice. Oh, by the way, I normally only promote 
in the world of podcasts, TC After Dark, but I did a podcast yesterday with Paul Reichoff called Independent Americans. I think he's a name known to the SiriusXM POTUS audience. And I thought it went really well, so find it, please, in my social media where I've promoted it. Another observation just about the way things used to be and and how it's all changed now into a digital format is the decline of the value of the party and the party apparatus. When I ran for the state legislature many, many years ago, literally uh, in the mid-80s, 1986, in a Republican primary, the whole process was initially dominated by whether you would be the party's endorsed candidate. In other words, the way that it was, and still is, it just matters less, but the way that it was is that you know every neighborhood had two committee people. There were two Republican committee people, there were two Democratic committee people, and each party would have a screening process in primary season and determine who were they going to get behind and endorse. And if you won the endorsement of your party, then your name appeared on the sample ballot. You know, the sample ballot is that which you get handed when you go in to vote that, frankly, many people today just discard and don't even look at. But it was a big deal to be the endorsed candidate. And most often, candidates who didn't win the endorsement would just drop out. And then you would have the endorsed candidate running unopposed. Or if there were no endorsement made in a particular race, which was the case in in my circumstance, then there would be a sample ballot printed and there would be a blank adjacent to that office. And if you were running for that office, you would print your own little label and affix it to the GOP or Democratic sample ballot and try and get listed in the eyes of the public like you were the endorsed candidate. Why am I bringing this up now in the context of of the power of social media and the loudest voices getting so much attention? It's a subject that I briefly touched on yesterday with Mark Halpern when he was here. Uh, Holly Otterbein wrote something for Politico. She's been covering uh, the Pennsylvania Senate race pretty extensively, and it's all about Dr. Oz. And it's under the headline, Dr. Oz stumbles out of the gate in Senate race. And listen to what the focus is. Mehmet Oz's introduction to GOP grassroots politics is a code red crisis. In his first three unofficial tests as a candidate in Pennsylvania's Republican Senate primary, the celebrity physician known as Dr. Oz has been handily rejected by party activists. It's a disappointing start for a cash flush top tier candidate in one of the most important Senate races in the country. A little over a week ago, Oz met with GOP state committee members and answered their questions alongside other Republican Senate candidates at a hotel just outside of Harrisburg. Afterward, a straw poll was held. Despite his widespread name ID and deep pockets, he'd spent or booked 5.4 mil on TV ads since November 30. Wait for it now. Oz received just one vote. Out of more than 100 cast. This past weekend, Oz had a chance to prove it was a fluke. Two different groups of state committee members, one in Allentown, one in northeastern Pennsylvania, again peppered Senate hopefuls with questions at party events, but he underperformed expectations again. He finished third in one straw poll, fourth in another. So in the process that I'm just describing a moment ago, which still continues, Dr. Oz is doing terribly. Now, I'm sure Dr. Oz, reflecting on 
my conversation with Sarah Fisher would say, well, I'm going through those motions, but that doesn't matter. I'm spending five mil already. I'm going beyond the party apparatus. Put me in the bomb thrower category and I can on my own, a la Donald Trump, get to the finish line. Or he's saying to himself, why the hell did I ever get into this and where's the off ramp? Because I don't want to spend all of my and my wife's family fortune running for something that right now looks a bit futile. Hear more of Michael Smirconish on Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124. Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Michael Smirconish for Independent Minds.